How's it going, guys? Welcome to the Serious Angler Podcast. For those that are new to the show, the Serious Angler Podcast is created to highlight the many passionate and dedicated anglers that we have in our fishing community, providing them a platform to share their story with the world. If you guys aren't already, please go down and subscribe to this YouTube channel. And if you don't want to listen to the podcast through YouTube, you can find Serious Angler on the Anchor app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Check us out. Thank you guys for watching. So in today's podcast, I have on two individuals. This is my first ever group podcast. I'm pretty excited to try this out. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. It's something a little bit different. Um, having on Chase Milholen and Jackson Sullivan. Uh, these are a partner, a tournament duo, a high school tournament duo uh, from Tennessee. Uh, and they fish all the Tennessee River Lakes, Wilson, Pickwick, Kentucky, um, Pretty much any, any lakes down in, in the Kentucky, you know, Tennessee, Alabama area. You can tell I'm not very knowledgeable of that geographic location. Um, but these guys pretty much go into it. Uh, they're going to tell you all about it. Uh, I'm pretty excited to have them on. It's one of the best high school duos in the country. These kids are no joke. They're business. I met them down in the Classic. Um, for kids that are still in high school, you would not know it talking to them. They carry themselves very maturely for their age, which is pretty enlightening to see some of the, the people in the generation coming up. Um, so I'm, I was excited to get these guys on. It was an amazing time talking to them down at the Classic. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this. Hope you guys are too. Enjoy. All right, we are recording. Chase Millhole and Jack Sullivan. What's going on, boys? Oh, nothing much. But... Say hello to uh, all the listeners and viewers. These guys are... You guys are the youngest ones that I've ever I've ever interviewed besides Jack Norton. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. For people who don't know, I met these guys down at the Classic, and uh, they got themselves in some Douglas Douglas trouble, some Douglas business. Uh, and uh, I was talking to him for a long time, and I knew I had to get him on the podcast. So I'm glad to have you guys on here. But uh, before we start this thing, how I run the podcast, um, I guess we'll start with Chase. You know, if you want to tell everybody listening little bit about yourself and then you know how you got into fishing who got started yeah. right right my name's chase Milholland. i live in a small town less than tennessee but it's a small town but it has more lakes like small little lakes than most counties you ever know of we have like seven lakes like the county that we live in with a population of only about twenty thousand people in the whole county so i mean it's a, <clears throat> it's a real it's a real good county to grow up in and fish and i live 15 minutes from Kentucky Lake and about 35 to 40 minutes from Pickwick. So, I mean, it's right here on a really good place to grow up, especially if you're an avid outdoorsman. I mean, there's good hunting and good fishing. But I've been tournament fishing for about, I'm going to say, five years now. Because whenever I was I was starting, I was going into high school, and I met Jackson at a um, weigh-in at Lexington. It's, it actually was last weekend at the Classic. Is when the tournament was. We didn't go to it because we'd rather come to the Classic. So it was the Coca-Cola Classic on Beast Lake in her hometown. And I met him, and they had a sack. They had a they had some big fish. They ended up having like 26-something pounds and won that tournament. So I was like, I got to be a part of that. And so after that, I was hooked. We fished our first tournament a year ago. I think it was yesterday. And we had like 22 or 23 pounds my first tournament. And that just, it hooked me from there. And I, I've been hooked since. I go every chance I get. Nice. I like it. Now, Jackson, what about you? You know, how did your passion start? Who got you into it? Tell a little, a little about yourself. Well, uh, whenever I was two years old, my granddad took me out to the pond. And he had seen about a five-pounder sitting on the bed. And he flipped, he Left a Texas rig in there and set the hook, and he handed me the rod. Uh, he let me reel it in, so that kind of started that. That put a little spark down in me that I was like, you know, this. I mean, I was two, so yeah, it was fun. Uh, I went, started fishing. You know, I, I wanted to get into it. Whenever I was five, you know, I started learning how to throw a bait caster. Uh, when I turned six, I fished my first tournament. Uh, Whenever I turned nine, I won my first tournament with uh, 23 pounds. Sheesh. Uh, you know, me and him, we fished together for 
a long time. And then my freshman year, you know, I met Chase at the weigh-in that we had 26 pounds. We ended up winning the Coke Classic, I think it was the 36th Annual Coke Classic. And uh, we followed it up the next year. We had 19, got third. Uh, the, the next weekend after that Coke Classic, we had 26 pounds. You know, me and Chase, we decided we was going to start fishing together. So the next tournament come up, me and him started, you know, we, we partnered up, we fished. Uh, we had been on a pretty good school of fish, and we caught 20, almost 23. And uh, that's that's kind of where I come from. It's kind of how I took off. Sweet. And we, we got Jackson, the, uh, the the little demon over here, driving while he's Skyping. Crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, over here. Yeah. That's awesome. So for people that don't know, you guys you guys are partners then for your high school fishing team. Right. We've been partners since it was yes. about the summer going into our freshman year, and we've fished about every tournament since that. I mean, especially starting up. I mean, of course, it's starting up fishing season big time. So whenever it starts up big time, we're together like every weekend. So, man, we grow that real close bond. And, I mean, we honestly now we've gotten to the level we fish year-round. We never really miss a month that we don't have actually a tournament in. So, I mean, it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell for everybody listening or watching in, like, these two came up to our booth looking at the rods and walked up. I'm like, how you guys doing and whatnot? And Mike and I were talking to you guys. And when we got to actually start talking to you guys, we're like, and you learned you're in high school, we're like, kids don't talk like they're in high school. They talk like they've been in the business for, you know, 25 plus years. Like, you guys know what you're doing. You carry yourselves right, and you don't see that much, which is why you guys, you know, you guys left an imprint on us at Douglas. So, you know, see these boys rocking the, the Douglas hats right now. That's pretty sweet. I love that. Did you guys catch anything today? Uh, I did. I had about 22 pounds on Pickwick today. I had a seven, a five, uh, a couple of two and three, or I had a two threes, a couple twos. Uh, put that Douglas to work this morning flipping. Hey, all right. All right. Chase, what about you, man? Man, we. See, you know, they can't. We had a tournament coming up. Me and Jackson had a trail tournament for a point system coming up this Saturday. But since the coronavirus and all this <laughs> has exploded, they actually canceled it because we're under a state of emergency. Oh, so, yeah, right, right, right. And yeah, they did cancel so it. And my uh, captain out of Middle Tennessee, he called me yesterday and gave me the information on the cancellation. He was like, hey, man, you want to go fish Kentucky Lake tomorrow? And we'll fish a tournament out of Parable. That's Kentucky Lake, a little marina we have, Saturday. And um, I was like, yeah, man, for sure. So we went down there today, and it was it, it was really tough because our flo- we just got right back down to where it was actually normal for our water to be. Mm-hmm. We just had a major flood, so it was really tough around Kentucky Lake. We, we ended up catching about, I mean, a three and a half to four, and I had a, had a really good spot on it. I had one on first, like, a few passes this morning, but – that's what all we can speak of. So it was really tough to down Kentucky Lake. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's the guy I'm going out with tomorrow. One of my buddies who I grew up, uh, I fished my first tournament with. Uh, he he's fishing collegiate right now, and uh, he just mentioned that you know obviously the tournament got canceled. So we're going out tomorrow on the lake, and it's my first time in open water for New York. We're uh, we're all celebrating up here because water finally hit 40 degrees. So we're uh, it's a party in the Northeast right now. Right, right. <laughs> it's not like you guys. You got mid high fifties. Oh yeah, yeah. So before we kind of go further, I mean, we didn't get to talk much, obviously, beyond text after the classic. What, what was your take on the, the last day for Sunday? It, it was it was interesting. Uh, you know, I I figured it would be hard for them to catch Hank. Uh, you know, I, I was kind of hoping. Todd would pull it off. Or Todd or Brandon Lester, he's from Tennessee, so I, I was kind of hoping one of them two would pull it off. Um, but, I mean, you know, Hank fished clean all week. He done really good keeping the fish on, adjusting with the conditions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think he was. I think it was worth him winning, you know. I mean, it, it really showed – it showed his skill set as far as – as far as adjusting with the temperature, adjusting with the wind they had from the first day to the last, um, you know, there there was a lot of big factors played into that. And yeah. 
I, I think he done a really good job at adjusting. Chase, what's your take? Man, I mean, all in all, I think it was a pretty cool classic. I mean, it was pretty well different from last year's classic because, I mean, on the first day last year, the first day of the classic, their waist wasn't very high and everything. But this year, the first – I mean, Hayden Cherry came out busted like a 29-pound bag, and I was like, gosh. I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> and the people had over 20 and right at 20 and stuff. It was awesome. And Hayden Cherry, he – he, he stayed on pretty consistent. He had it won about day one, and he had such a big lead over everybody. And like Jackson said, he fished clean all week. Didn't He he pulled his fish in that needed to be in. I mean, he fished clean. So I think he had it won from the beginning, and his fish cooperated with him. And I, think it was a, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a classic one on a jerkbait, especially in the south. Yeah. That was weird. I think, yeah, I think it was a testament to his skill level when, when I've been hearing about this causeway that it gets pounded on a daily, and he can still go there and catch the caliber and the amount of fish that he did. I think that's pretty. That was pretty impressive. On the Tennessee River chain right now, mostly a jerk bait is really they're really much on a jerk bait right now on the Tennessee River chain, and on Tennessee River chain, say they they replenish. Replant, however you say that word, they 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 keep on, keep on, keep on, and it, since the river channel and the current, I mean, they'll, they'll keep on replenishing and stuff. And the jerk bait, I mean, it's really, really, it's really good right now. Nice. Tennessee river like there's there's been the uh, the rave over the uh, that red, like I don't even know the color pattern, but the the jackhammer that everyone's buying for like two hundred dollars now. Not that they weren't expensive in the first place, but. Oh. You got your uh, got yourself some uh, some red chatterbaits. My captain went yesterday to look for some. I was gonna go this evening, but we're gonna end up not fishing that tournament because we didn't get on them. But he he went yesterday to look for some, and he said they're sold out of red chatterbaits, red spinnerbaits, red everything. So I mean, that was kind of out of the question today for us. I don't really just keep red stuff in my boat besides rattle trap. So yeah, right, right, yeah. I bet companies kind of wish that the expo was another day so they could have sold out anything red. <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So let me ask you guys this. Uh, who who runs the boat if you guys are out fishing? It really depends. Uh, most of the time, if we're slow, you know, we're fishing jigs or something slow, uh, Chase will run the boat. If we're cranking, you know, power fishing, most of the time I'm running the boat. And if we're below the dam fishing, um, we kind of take turn depending on who catches the fish first. Uh, if, if I catch one first and I'm running the trolling motor, he'll hop up there, take over. And if he catches one, you know, we'll swap. We just we, we work in unison. We work like a well-oiled machine. You know, we, we, we work together well. Um, we make sure that, you know, we're covering everything. From beginning to end, uh, fish every little nook and cranny, every rock, crack, crevice. You know, we cover an area real well. So yeah. it, we kind of both have our styles of fishing, and I think that's what makes us a good team is we fish differently. I'm more of a power fisherman, so I like going fast. I like cranking, throwing a swim bait, throwing a jerk bait, uh, stuff that's moving. Chase is more on the bottom, you know, slower, making it, making a finesse approach a lot more subtle approach and uh, I, I think it works well whenever depending on what the fish are doing and depending on the conditions how we how he runs the boat or how I run the boat yeah hey Chase you like to hand out the concussions but you know Jackson's all about the speed huh <laughs> that's, it. that's it since the beginning I mean he's he's always been in high speed everywhere we go if you give him a chance, he'll put that trolling motor on 10 and just go. I mean, you got to tell him, like, Jack, have to slow down just a little bit. I mean, we got to <laughs> a little bit slower. He's always in high speed. I mean, he loves that power fishing. Yeah, well, that's good, though. You don't, you mean, it can be good depending on, you know, certain tournaments to have partners who fish the same, but it's in relative, it's good to have two different skill sets. That way you're covering all the bases and you just have somebody in that strength who can find a pattern. You know, that right. makes thing a lot easier. I mean, that's like one thing we had met, we had talked about, you know, when we were uh, at the classic at the expo is how there's that strategy with swim baits because we were we were we got to talk about swim baits and how you guys don't throw them much in the south, but how they can be good in practice because that's how you can find big fish. 
Right. It's cool kind of how that works. So, you know, like when you guys go to practice for an area and you're bouncing back ideas, I mean, how do you guys work your strategy? How does that usually go when it comes to making the decisions? Uh, as far as making decisions goes, we come up with an idea, you know, we'll, I'll be thinking on something or he'll be thinking on something and just say we're fishing a riprap bank and it's 12 foot of water in the spring throwing a red crankbait. So it's not working. He may pick up, he may say, all right, let's move in, let's move out, you know, or we may be fishing a ledge out on Pickwick. And, uh, you know, it's summertime, it's hot, the fish quit biting in practice. So we try to duplicate what we're catching fish doing. Um, and if we're not catching fish, scrap the whole idea and try something completely different. Uh, but it's hard fishing. It's hard fishing somewhere that you fishing year after year. Yeah, you know the good spots. Yeah, you know where the fish normally hold. But like a guy told me today, I was on the water talking to him. He said, you know, you can't tell me a year from today I can go catch a fish on a jerkbait in this pocket, this pocket, and this pocket. And I can go flip right here in this hole in this grass and catch a fish. So as far as our strategy goes, we can't really fish history. We have to fish patterns. Uh-huh. We have to try to do. We have to find a pattern and duplicate it as much as possible to come up with a strategy for game day. You know, for fishing uh-huh. our tournament. Yeah. Nice. Chase, any input on that? Yeah. See, I mean, I was thinking while he was talking. We was in a tournament. It was, I think, two years ago, and it was on Kentucky Lake. And man, it was tough. I mean, we had a tough pre-fish, and it was tough. And we got to about. We had weigh in at two o'clock and we got to about twelve thirty. I told Jackson, I said, I think they're gonna be suspended behind current somewhere. And so we pulled up and went to this close bluff that we found and I picked up a chatterbait. I don't know why I picked up a chatterbait, but I picked up a chatterbait and like second cast, I hooked up with one and called a keeper. And that was the first keeper we had all day. So I told Jackson, I said, Hey, pick up one of these chatterbaits and let's see if we can catch it real quick. So then, like two casts later, he catches he catches one, and, I don't know, and so we catch three fish. About uh, I'm gonna say three minutes. So we put together in that tournament, and like I was thinking about them being suspended, and he was thinking about them uh, being behind current because the current was really really rolling that day. So I mean, we always put our heads together pretty good, trying to strategize. We're always thinking of something new to do while we're on the water, something working. I already got something in mind to go up, go and try. It, it, we work, we work pretty good together on that. Nice. So when it comes to your high school tournaments, is there any tournament that kind of really stands out? You guys may have won it or fished the best, or maybe just had like some moments there that you guys just kind of put above the rest. Um, in the spring, our regional championship. It most of the time it's on Kentucky Lake. That's a really fun tournament. I mean, the past two times that we've fished it, we've had over 15 pounds in smallmouth, and that's almost unheard of coming from Kentucky Lake. Um, that's awesome. It's the first, our first year we had like 50 or 16 something, like almost 17 pounds, and we got beat by two ounces. And then the next. You know, our next regional championship we had, we had 1581, I think, and we uh, we got beat by a couple ounces there. So, by the same people two years in a row, same people <laughs> two years in a row. Jeez. What about you, Chase? Any any tournaments or moments that stand out? I was honestly thinking about that the regional championship as he was talking, like before he started talking, because that regional championship, I mean, there's nothing like going and catching. I mean, a sack of smallmouth. I mean, there's just nothing like it. I mean, there, you can go catch largemouth and spotted bass. There's nothing like having a bag of brown fish. So that turn really stands out to me. You're preaching to the choir, man. <laughs> this is the Northeast, the land of the smallmouth. What do for tomorrow? I want to come. Better than a bit of fat sack of brown ones, man. Oh, yeah. I know, 
today on Pickwick, I had one. I lost one about four, and uh, I put one in the boat that was about three and a half. And, uh, you know, seeing that first time it come up and jumped, there's just something different. It hits different when you see a big smallmouth come up and jump. It's got, a jerk bait, got your jerkbait hanging out of its mouth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do they jump three, four foot out of the water like they do in the north? Yes, they do. <laughs> I had one a couple years ago. We was fishing the grass flat. I was about, flat. about that story. Yeah, I was <laughs> fishing the grass flat with a spook. And I had one, you know, about a five-pound smallmouth come up and blow up on my spook. So I set the hook, and I'm reeling him in, and uh, nobody believes me about this. But he jumped over the trolling motor, like, <laughs> over the top of the trolling motor with my spook hanging out of his mouth. And he does it, and he jumped over again, and then he comes off. So he jumped over the boat twice and still didn't make it in. And nobody believes me about this. <laughs> See, that's why you guys got to get a GoPro, strap it to the dash, so that way you have any story you got, you got backup. You know what that's I mean? That's it. There you go. Yeah, I've, I've heard stories of guys that, you know, they pull up to, there's like, the, there's a weekly, you know, tournament on Erie. Erie always has tournaments during uh, season. And guys will pull up into the harbors, they, you know, go weigh their fish, and they open up the box, and then a four-pounder shoots out of the live well into the lake. Does not touch the boat at all. It just goes clear into the lake. That's why you see guys. If you go to a, a tournament up in North, you know, on Erie or Ontario, and the guys that know what they're doing, you'll see them with their bags open. With when you open the lid, they'll, they'll be facing the lid with their bag open. So when they jump, they jump right into the bag. Right. They're nuts, man. They're they're little fish on cocaine. That's what, the, that's what they are. <laughs> it's it's funny, but. You know, looking forward to 2020, looking at tournaments for you guys. What's on the radar if, if it's not, you know, canceled by this coronavirus? <laughs> yeah, we um, we actually, I mean, a lot of tournaments that I've been looking forward to. I mean, we fished two of them that I've really been looking forward to. One of them was Toledo Bend. I was really looking forward to Toledo Bend. And we went down there and we got a, we got a um, top, I think, 15 finish. And we made, and we qualified for nationals down there. And, that was a really fun like it reminded me a lot of Pickwick Lake because on the on the graph it set up a lot like Pickwick Lake and it was a lot of ledges and stuff. But instead of Pickwick Lake, wide open water, you're sitting in trees. And that was different. I mean, like we got hung up on trees like over a hundred times and you had to get the big motor and get it off out in thirty foot of water. Oh, I mean it was crazy. And you have a you have a boat path. And the boat path is like 30 or 40 feet wide <laughs> you look out across a flat and it's trees like not just a couple trees sticking up there's like thousands of trees all the way across and whenever you're idling across like you're idling to a spot because you don't want to tear a lower unit off so you'll be idling 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 and all of a sudden your boat will just hop up on one you'll go sideways for a minute and you'll have to gun the motor, and it'll just slide right off. You'll plop back down, and you'll keep on going. <laughs> See, we don't have any of that here in New York whatsoever. So it's like, for us New Yorkers who, or Northeastern who never have you know, submerged timber, we would probably flip every single tree in that cove, even though there's probably nothing on them. You know, there's no pattern to that. Because we were just like, oh, look, submerged timber. They got to be there. I'll flip a jig, you know? And, like, that was my first time on my way down in, in Tennessee – is dealing with submerged timber. I stopped at uh, Percy, uh, Percy Priest Reservoir. I think I told you guys about that. It was my first cast of the Mega Bass. I think I told you guys the story. I the plastic. I was throwing a Vision 110, first cast with it. You know, I feel I get snagged on something, but I thought it was a bite because I hadn't fished in a while. So I set the hook and it just doesn't move. And I look, I look up a little bit with my coast and like trees. I, I had never experienced submerged timber before. Yeah. Next cast, the jackhammer snag. You know, lost 50, 50 bucks in two casts. <laughs> that, was, that was great. I don't know how you guys do that. Down there. Oh, it's definitely something used to. Yeah, it's it's uh it's different for sure. Um, I've never been anywhere like that. Uh, Toledo was definitely an experience. Now, Priest does have some standing timber like that. I've never, I've never fished it. Uh, I've never fished anywhere that was like Toledo. Like it was solid trees everywhere. Imagine, so, imagine going down your back row with a two-lane road, 
and it's flooded everywhere around you, and your two lane road is your is your run path, is your boat path. Yeah, that, yeah that's that's the perfect definition of Toledo Bend. <laughs> they pretty much took your forest and just submerged it. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's what they done. They they flooded cities, graveyards, schools. You can be scanning, you'll see graveyards, you'll see tombstones, uh, and you're driving down the old roads to drive. That's incredible. It's because, I mean, like you said, it's a road. Like, you're driving in a road, and then on on both sides of the road, there's flooded timber everywhere. That's incredible. I didn't know, I didn't realize Toledo had that. See, when I picture Toledo, I picture Kevin Van Dam offshore throwing a 10XD. You know, that's... That's what I picture when I see Toledo, not submerged timber everywhere. That's what I picture, like Lake Fork. You know, I don't know. I mean, my depiction of the South is entirely, entirely wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's whenever, good stuff. whenever you and Mike come down and fish with us on on Pickwick, you'll get a uh, you'll get a real good view of the South fishing real quick. Oh, I know. Oh, heck yeah, man. So. Also looking forward, you know, past 2020, when you guys head off to college, you know, what, what's the plans? Um, I'm hoping we get to fish our freshman year a little bit, you know, kind of get a feel for the college fishing. Uh, I know a lot of people, that, a lot of people say people that go to Bethel don't fish their freshman year. But, but I've got some buddies that are uh, I think we're losing them. Yeah, I think we are too. Running through a dead zone. <laughs> You're a really bad rapper, Jackson. And they fished a lot more than they thought they would. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, we can hear you now. You went through a dead zone for a little bit, so you were all scattered. <laughs> uh, okay. But, uh, but anyway. Uh, yeah, just restart the story. Know, the entire story. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. But uh, <laughs> anyway, you know, I know some guys that are up at Bethel. They're fishing. They're, you know, a lot of people say Bethel doesn't fish freshmen, but I've got buddies up there that they fish a lot more than they thought they would their freshman year. So I'm hoping we get to fish some whenever we get up there, kind of experience college fishing, see how it goes. That's good, yeah. Is it kind of weird to think, you know, when you go into college bass fishing, you could be, you know, either becoming or fishing against, you know, the next Jordan Lees and the guys that are literally going to be on, you know, the faces of the school? Oh, yeah, man. High school fishing is competitive and all. But, I mean, they say that college fishing is just a whole other level. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to competition. That's what I love. I love, I love some good competition. I mean, it makes you better because it makes you want to fish harder and stuff. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's been a long dream and stuff to be able to go to Bethel and fish. That's what I've always wanted to do with fishing. So, you know, kind of like a dream country. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, no, 100%. And Jackson, I got to say, because it's it's been popped in my head since you, you came on the camera. I've had Josh Bertrand down here, dude. You look like a like a Josh Bertrand minus fifteen years. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, he's, I'm gonna have to tell him he's gotta watch this one on YouTube. Oh, we'll wow. see what I mean. I need to grow a beard. I need to grow a beard, <laughs> yeah. and I will be the miniature Josh Bertrand. Get you the get you the Josh Bertrand chin strap, and then you have a perfect. Yeah. You, you'll be yeah. as mini me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you guys get a chance to talk to him a little bit at the Berkeley booth? We didn't. I didn't see him while we were there. We, uh, you know, most of the time we bounced between the Douglas booth and uh, Mercury. We stopped talked to one of our buddies at Mercury for a while, and then we went uh, we went down to the Berkeley booth and watched some guys on the tank. But nice. I never did see Josh down there. Okay. I- I saw him a few times, but he was usually whenever I saw him, he was wrapped up pretty well with I mean, <laughs> fans and stuff. So I never. Yeah. Really got yeah. Most of my talking to him was just being like, "Hey, man, like good to see you." And then that is like, then more people come up, you a picture, you know, you know sign this. Yeah. 
good stuff. But yeah, no, you, you look. Like, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, now I look. That's kind of weird when I see people. I'm like, oh, they kind of look like this. And it's like a bad habit of mine. It's weird. You you kind of look like a young, you know, Greg Hackney, Chase. <laughs> a beardless uh, Greg Hackney. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. That I could do this all day. I mean, there was one where I had uh, Tyler. His name's Tyler Stewart. You know, uh, sorry, not Tyler Stewart. Tyler Sweet. I had him on. He was one of the first podcasts. And I kid you not, there's a picture of him with he's got long, long blonde hair with a, with a beard, a small beard. And there looks exactly like Seth Fyden. <laughs> and he has a mustache, too, and everything. And I put it on a side-by-side the Instagram. Like, yeah. Seth enjoyed it when I sent that. Did you guys make it to the, speaking of that, did you guys make it to the mega back in the, uh, yeah. the, the Seth Fighter looked like in the cash register? No, I don't think it did. No, it didn't. I thought it was Seth Fighter running the cash register when I came up to it. Really? I was like, shouldn't you be fishing? Like, like I don't know. It was, it was pretty funny. But, did you know, last day of the Bassmaster Classic, that a lot of the guys that didn't have very big weights, like the second day or the first day, really caught him the, the third day. Like Spider, he he really oh, he did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and um, there was a few more that caught him that hadn't been catching as big of bags the first or second day that really caught him the third day. Yeah, like and, uh, right? was it Lee Livesey, right? He caught a twenty-one yeah. bag. Yeah, yeah, Lee Lee Livesey caught a twenty-one eight, I think. Uh, he jumped all the way up to eight. He, I think he finished up in eight. Yeah. Uh, Gray Buck, I don't know exactly where he finished up, but I know he had he had a pretty good bag for the for the third day, and he, he a, made the cut. So yeah, he had a seven and a six, I think, on the last day. Yeah, he, he had some he had some good ones. Yeah, one thing I thought was interesting was um, you know Lester didn't have a very big bag on day three, and I didn't watch much of the live, and it makes me kind of wonder because he had a consistent day one, day two is maybe he tried to change up his game plan and shoot for the moon, which is why he didn't have as big of a bag as if, because I think he knew if he did as consistent, you know, as he did as day one, day two, he wasn't obviously going to win. So I think maybe he shot for the win, and then that's what caused him to drop down. Right. I haven't watched Bass Live either, I mean, but it sounds pretty accurate on how, <clears throat> how that would be because, I mean, jumping one place from fifth to fourth, I mean, that's – Big money. I mean, that's big oh. money. So, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. That's what he done. Because, I mean, any place, being able to jump up any place in the tournament, I mean, that's big, big, big money change. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like he had quite the uh, fan club there, too, being a Tennessee player. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, being from the Tennessee area and the, the South, you guys get the opportunity to fish some of the greatest lakes that you know as professionals. What is what would your favorite lake? What's your guys' favorite lakes? You know, your go-to one for the rest of your life. Man, I'm gonna be honest with you. Back in the Southern Open about two years ago, I think we got the opportunity to fish Lay Lake in Alabama. And I'm gonna tell you, that was a really, really. I mean, it was a really tough practice until we actually figured it out. And after that, man, it was. I mean, it was big spot after big spot after big spot. We ended up having like 15 minutes. So it was awesome. And it wasn't just get a bite every 30 minutes. It was get a bite every two or three casts. I mean, you could almost call your shot. It was awesome. So I, I, I'd have to say Lay Lake is one of my favorites. I mean, I'm really, really love to go back to Jackson, what about you, man? Well, if you give me about 30 seconds, I'll show you which one mine was. <laughs> I've got a. I've got a seven and a five in the box on the way home right now. Uh, you give me about you give me about thirty seconds to get pulled in my driveway and get back to the get back to the live well. And, what do you uh, do? I'll, I'll show you what Pickwick's about. What are you doing got, with them? Yeah, what are you doing with your fish? I'm gonna stock the pond with them. <laughs> our pond's kind of getting a little low on the biggins, so. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to get some back in here. You know, we've got a bunch of little ones, but we don't really have any big ones left. So, uh, let me hop out. <laughs> so, that's why the weights are falling, because Jackson's catching them all yeah. and taking them home. Yeah. Oh, hey, 
I don't keep any about forty days in five fish in his pond. <laughs> he's well. And Jackson's got world record bags in his pond. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, just just tease us more. It's fine. Oh them, my god. <laughs> them, them big girls. That's what Pickwick's about right there. Big, big, <laughs> yeah, big old bellies. I love it. They're they're pretty boy. So you, I assume you guys don't have very strict rules when it comes to taking fish around <laughs> down in Tennessee. Apparently not. <laughs> yeah. We would get in a lot of trouble up here in the Northeast. For that really? Oh, we get yeah, yeah. People do it all over the place, and like DEC gets involved with the game. Oh, yeah. Well, so anyone listening or, or watching this, it is allowed in Tennessee. Please don't say anything. <laughs> We'll get right. these it's big, too late now. Yeah. We'll get these big girls back in the water. That's right. If anybody asks, that's Pickwick Lake. Yeah, that's Pickwick if anybody asks. Yeah. Let <laughs> some old big girl swim off. Get out of here. That's funny. Oh, yeah. Oh. Baby, what's your favorite? She went want... the wrong way. She was like, I don't want to leave you. She, she just loves you, Jackson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> hear me. I can hear you, buddy. What's your favorite like to fish? Oh, dang. Me? Uh, oh, dude, it's so tough. I, if I had to pick one, I'd have to pick Cayuga. But give, give me this season, and it's probably going to sway to Lake Erie. Lake Erie? Because uh, Lake Erie, there's a hidden spot where you can find some big old largemouth. And one of my buddies knows... I mean, you can come back with 25 pounds of largemouth from Lake Erie. So my buddy's going to take me and show me this, this little honey hole, you know, given I don't say, I don't tell anybody. You know, I can't bring my GoPro, so I'm kind of bummed about that. But uh, it's uh, I, I think it's going to turn to Lake Erie because of the classic smallmouth. But Cayuga Lake, just because you can put up a dirty 30 in New York of, of largemouth. Uh, and also, you still can go down south and, you know, catch – five pounds smallmouth at the same time so i probably go cayuga so if you guys ever make it up to you know northeast cayuga you gotta stop there 100 sure. yeah what about lawrence river i mean is it is it pretty fun have you ever got the chance to fish it so because i'm a broke kid and so i have to fish out of a kayak majority of the time i haven't gotten up to st lawrence i used to go as a little kid uh, but that was in my family's bay liner, and they were all fishing for pike, and I was too young and dumb to even know anything. So, big pike in your life. Yeah, we've caught some some big old northerns. Yeah, it's to the point where I don't like catching them anymore. If I'm gonna catch anything with teeth, I just want to catch a muskie, and that's it. Right, right. Yeah. Beyond that, no, it's I haven't got a chance to fish St. Lawrence. I'm changing out the summer though. I'm going up with a, with a buddy, and we're gonna fish the river. I mean, I mean, 25 25 pound bags up there is pretty normal. So. That's what they say. Like, yeah. I was talking to um, who was that? Um, it, it was one of the pros. I can't remember what his name was. Anyway, he said, "What's your best day on Kentucky Lake with smallmouth?" I said, "I mean, about. I mean, my best day would be around twenty-three, something like that." He said, "Really?" He said, "That's a normal to average day on St. Lawrence River." Yeah. I was like, Gosh, yeah. you kidding me? One hundred percent, man. They're the class of smallmouth because with the river, the current is so it's ripping so fast, and it's come. You know the way that it moves within all these different these pockets and from you know because it comes from the ocean, you know. Um, so it stays cold. If you ever see St. Lawrence, it's eighty degrees. Like that's a shock. Like it's right. right. Uh, you know, so you, you'll stay around the low seventies to mid seventies. So you can have fish depending on you know depth of water. You know, be pre-spawn up until, you know, July, from what I've been told. I mean, don't quote me on it, but, you know, there'll be spawners, you know, until late July, even August sometimes. Wow. Because it's just the water stays a lot colder. You know, it keeps them fired up, so. Right, right, right. Yep. Awesome, man. Yeah, we have some really cool fisheries up here, which is cool. I mean, it's funny because you see everybody in the south talk all about the north, and then you hear people from the north talk all about the south, and then it's like, (laughs) you know. You gotta spend six months north, six months south. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cool. So, for everybody listening, everybody watching, where can they find you guys if they want to keep up with your uh, your tournament success? Uh, 
you can find me on Instagram at Jackson Sullivan Fishing. No G at the end. Um, I'll I'll be posting about every week, um, keeping everybody updated. I'm fixing. As soon as I get off here, I'm fixing to make a post about today on Pickwick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also follow the school page at Scottsdale Student Anglers. Okay. It will, uh, it's actually Scottsdale SA, and then whenever you whenever you get on the actual page, you'll see it's the official page of the Scottsdale Student Anglers. Uh, I run the page, so I'll be making posts about everybody, you know, how they're all doing. Sweet. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll keep everybody updated as far as the whole team goes, too, on that one. Cool. Chase? Uh, I post mostly on Facebook because, I mean, I, I got hacked or something on Instagram a while back, and I'm just creating my new Instagram. So you can find me on Facebook on my, at my name, Chase Milholland, and I, I post pretty frequently on there. And, um, and my Instagram is just Chase Milholland, no spaces. So it's pretty simple. Pretty cut and dry, so. Nice. I keep it simple. I like it. So, I'll, I'll link all those, uh, your guys' channels down below so people can keep up with you and, and whatnot. But uh, we're going to transition into our last segment where we wrap up here. It's uh, We'll have a little fun. With, I don't know if you guys have ever listened to the podcast before, but I have some questions that I like to ask that, you know, stumps you a little bit. So, this is going to be interesting. So, you guys you guys ready for the first question? <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. So I guess we'll we'll start. Who wants to go first? Doesn't matter. I can go first. All right, Chase. So here's the question. It's gonna be the same question for Jackson once Chase is done. If you could invite any three people, whether it doesn't have to be fishing industry or, or not, past or present, to dinner, to pick their brain, who would you invite and why? Hmm. To like get all the information I can is what you're saying. Yeah, so like you invite, so like for me, I want to invite The Rock to dinner because I want to learn about something about him. Um, I would invite my favorite angler of all time right now. I mean, is of course Adifo. It's a, I mean, he's a, he's a Tennessee guy. So I mean, Adifo or Jacob Wheeler. Um, I would really like to sit down with Donald Trump. I mean, okay. That's just, I mean, I, I'd like to do that. I'd like to. I heard like, rumor he's got the corona. I seen that on the news while I go there. He said he's thinking about taking a test for it. Oh, boy. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I'd like to sit down with him. I'd really. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, man. oh, man. I would have to say. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, childhood hero anything like that yeah I got um, my favorite singer Luke, uh, Luke Combs Luke Com- I like that I'm a big Luke Combs fan I like that Luke Combs I'd like, I'd like to sit down so. okay Jackson you're up you got the time to think about it so you better be good <laughs uh, no I had a I had a seven and a five. Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, I was answering a question. But anyway, um, my first one would probably be Donald Trump. You know, because he's the greatest president that. of all times. Uh, number two, I'd probably try to I'd probably try to sit down with Brandon Polnick for a minute. You know, see what nice. he see what he's up to. It was it was pretty cool getting to meet him at the classic and stuff. But you know, take him out to dinner. You know, just just to talk to him, just to have him around. He seems like a real energetic person. Yeah. Uh, my third one. To be honest, I really don't know. Uh, yeah, actually, stay still for a minute. <laughs> I'm trying. Okay. See, this is what we mean that you're just you're all over the place. You're fast. You got to be moving all the time. I do. Where Chase over here has been stationary the entire time. <laughs> I, I can't do that. See, I had to do it while I was driving. That way I wouldn't be walking around like this. That's funny. Um, my third one would probably be, gosh, I don't know. Childhood hero, father figure, I don't know, mother figure, anything. <laughs> probably. What Chase did. 
Um, I'd probably sit down with Jacob Wheeler too. Just okay. talk, you know, fishing and stuff. I don't think there's anybody more consistent in history than Jacob Wheeler has in the past few years. He's such a hammer. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Go. I think the uh, the epitome of how consistent he wants to be is him not taking on an electronic sponsor and using all three on his front deck. All three brands. Yeah. Have you guys seen that post? I haven't. He's got a Garmin, a, Laurent, a Lawrence, and a, uh, a Hummingbird on his front deck because he utilizes each three's like what they're they're best at, like the the 360 mega imaging, the pan optics, and then all three. So it's, go look at his uh, his social media right there. Right. It's pretty what are you doing? Do what? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm waiting to unhook the boat. Okay. I got it back in the shop. Yeah, I don't know how hard it was backing into the shop while on Skype doing a podcast. That, <laughs> that, that was challenging because, I mean, I got to go out over the road and then back up and then go over the road and back up and line up with the shop and then back it in. So that, that, was, that was a challenge. All right. Well, I'll cut you off with this last question then. So we'll, we'll end it right here. It's pretty plain and simple. You know, first thing that comes to mind, you know, your favorite fishing memory. Fishing memory would have to be the good one. Um, I mean, I have a lot of them. First thing that comes to mind. Me and my dad, we um, we don't get to fish much. I mean, he's a he's a Tennessee Highway Patrol, so he doesn't get to go a lot with me. And me and my dad went out to Pickwick one evening after school, I think, and we really caught him that day. I think we had a six, and we had, I mean. But really called him, and he actually caught the two biggest ones. So, I mean, I enjoy taking someone and them catching the big fish or them catching the fish rather than me catching the fish because I get to do it all the time. I don't go as much. So, I mean, that had, that would have to be my favorite memory. I like that. I like that. Jackson? Uh, mine would probably be whenever we had 26 pounds at the Coke Classic. I mean, we had those fish in 20 minutes. We caught twice right after that. And, I mean, it's – you know, it, it was pretty steady all day. We caught a lot of fish, caught a lot of good fish. Uh, it it was an experience for sure, and, and I really liked that paycheck at the end of the day, too. You know, that was, that was pretty <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah. That was pretty healthy. I like it. Cool. Well, before we wrap things up, is there any, any shout-outs or anything you guys want to give or anything you guys want to say before I, I cut you loose? Uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to give a shout-out to y'all at – Douglas rods uh, you know I I fished four days consistently with y'all's new rod I, that I bought down at the classic um, I've yet to lose a fish on it I can feel that matter of fact that big one that I caught today I caught it flipping some grass with the Douglas um, you know the first day I had it I caught a five so I, I'm really impressed with the sensitivity and the lightweight it is, how, how lightweight it is. Um, you know, I'd like to give a shout out to Billy Phillips Lures. They do a lot for our school, um, allow us to go travel places. You know, they give us a pretty good scholar or a pretty good, um, a pretty good check at the beginning of the year to pay for everybody's boat gas. Uh, they're doing a scholarship this year for the team. So I'd like to give a shout out to them. Tell them thank you. Um, and then, most importantly, the good Lord up above. You know, he, he does a lot. Whether we see it every day or not, he he does a lot of things that puts things into perspective for us. You know, um, nice. I, I, I really I really just like to give praise and thanks to him for allowing us to be out on the water every day that we are. Um, he, he really takes care of us while we're out there. So. Love it. Well, I'll tell you, when it comes to the rod, our uh, rod designer, Mr. Fred Kintao, he called me on my 17-hour-plus drive home from Alabama, which should have been, you know, 12. Uh, and he was very impressed. He goes, you see this kid's already posting pictures with this rod? And I'm like, I'm like, what? He, goes, he sent me he sent me to the, the picture, and you you obviously sent it to me. Yeah. I'm like I was like, didn't we just give it to him, like, you know, 10 hours ago? Like, the <laughs> kid's already cracking fish on it. Uh, he loved it. He was very impressed, which is hard to do. So it's you know, kudos. But face any any shout outs? 
Man, I mean, of course. I mean, Douglas, and thank you, Bailey, for having us on the podcast tonight. I mean, it's, it was a real pleasure being on it. And, I mean, all of our local sponsors and, I mean, our high school, for sure. Our high school makes it all possible for us to be able to take off and fish the tournaments that we need to. And, I mean, it's it's a, it's a been a real pleasure being on here, man. I really appreciate it. It won't be the last time you guys – I plan on doing some, some college fishing panels. So what we can do is have some of my, my friends who are already in college or post-college fishing and get you guys on here with them so you can talk about – uh, and just ask them questions too about things that you know can make you guys a little bit better, more prepared going into college fishing. So that'd be pretty cool to to do sure. that that set up. And uh, yep, we can sure. play around so many different ideas. And whenever you guys want to come on, you guys are always welcome. You know, if there's somebody coming on that you guys want to be a part of, we can sneak you in there. We can get you get your face on here too. And uh, you guys are always welcome. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you guys are busy high school kids, but. Uh, you know, enjoy it before you're in college and you got your student. I appreciate it, man. It's been an honor. Of course. Of course. Yes, sir. Uh, Thank you for letting us come on. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up for tonight. But, again, appreciate you guys taking the time, and uh, we'll stay in touch. All right. Thank yes, you, man. All right, boys. Have a good night. You too. So it was a great conversation we just had with Chase and Jackson. Uh, pretty sharp kids, like I explained to you guys. Um, you know, and obviously you can see the raw passion that they have for the sport. Uh, you see the talents that they have, their knowledge. Um, it's pretty incredible, and they're gonna go. They're gonna go places. You know, if it's it's really interesting to see the passion they have um, while knowing and keeping that humble aspect of the sport. They know they're good, but you, they won't show it. You know, they they won't. They don't have that mentality, that ego. Um, they're, they're confident, but uh, I think the best part about them is they have that good head on their shoulders, and that's really going to take them places. I'm pretty proud to be uh, to call these guys friends now. I'm going to keep up with them. Uh, it's going to be pretty excited to see where they go when they move on to Bethel University, one of the most prestigious college bass fishing teams in the country. I'm excited to see where they're going to go, and I'm looking forward to having them on again. Follow their uh, links down below follow along with their adventures as well and if you aren't already subscribe to the Igrid Outdoors YouTube channel so you do not miss any fishing videos any podcasts if you don't want to listen to my podcast on YouTube you can go to Apple Podcasts the Angler app Spotify the Anchor app where everything is all done so many different applications you can listen to this podcast from again thank you guys for listening or watching and we will see you next time Hey guys, I just want to say thank you for listening to my podcast in its entirety. With that being said, if you'd like to support the Serious Angler Podcast, please head to my page and click support. Any amount really helps me be able to create content for you guys and also helps me you know, pay the bills, which gives me more time to make podcasts for you guys. Thank you guys again for listening to the Serious Angler Podcast and we'll see you guys next time.